you for coming back to listen to me and to look at me as we continue with disability pride month and we continue to shed a light on the different types of disabilities that affect our children and how we can handle them and how we can make their lives uh, to be meaningful impactful and how we can help them to thrive in society despite their disabilities thank you for joining me this week my name is Dr. Lillian Kerubo, a pediatrician and behavioral enthusiast, and we are going to learn about deafness this week. Remember to share this episode with your friends, to like, to comment, to follow me on my various social media handles that will be linked on the show notes. So what is deafness? Deafness is inability to hear and medically uh, or technically it's defined as inability to hear sounds that are below 15 decibels so sound uh, is measured uh, through decibels and if you can't hear sounds below 15 decibels we consider that deafness and there are various grades of deafness we have mild hearing impairment we have moderate and we have profound hearing impairment so children start to, to develop the ability to hear at three weeks inside the womb when they're inside their mommy's womb at three weeks they the ear starts to develop uh, the different structures that make up the ear start to develop at three weeks and is complete by about 10 weeks so how does one hear or how is a child able to hear so once somebody makes a sound or any object makes a sound in the environment that sound is transmitted as waves sound waves and so those sound waves are transmitted from the environment to the inner part of the ear so once that sound wave hits the inner part of the ear one of the bones inside the inner part of the ear will bend inwards because the sound waves have an energy they have a power so they can bend the bone inwards once the the, the inner bone bends inwards we have hair cells inside our inner ear and those hair cells become deflected you know they're very small and very minute so they can be moved very easily either by uh, kinetic force such as the sound waves or by sudden movements like shaking the head or rotating the head so the hair cells are deflected and then there are channels next to the hair cells potassium channels that open up and once those channels open up as an impulse is transmitted from the inner part of the ear to the part of the brain responsible for interpretation of sound waves so for your hearing to be um, to be functioning it requires an intact ear uh, from the outer ear to the middle ear to the inner ear and all the parts that make that up it requires a functioning nerve that connects the ear structures to the brain and that is the eighth nerve the vestibulocochlear nerve and it requires the part of the brain that is responsible for sound interpretation known as the occipital brain to also be functioning so basically these are three areas that can be affected for one to be deaf okay so what are some of the causes of deafness in children especially in Kenya and in Africa one of the commonest causes is infections that may be acquired while the baby is still in the womb and these infections go on to affect the inner part of the ear the nerve or the brain and they cause what we call sensory neural hearing impairment because the nerve and the part of the brain responsible for the interpretation of the sound waves has been affected by the infection and these infections include viruses like the cytomegalovirus 
uh, we have the rubella virus we have toxoplasmosis and we have herpes that can affect a baby while the baby is still in the mother's womb and end up causing deafness in the child there there are genetic conditions that can make a child be born with deafness uh, we have conditions such as the Wardenberg syndrome we have Pendred syndrome so these are syndromes that are transmitted from generation to generation so basically your ancestors probably have a defective gene and they pass it on in the process of uh, making a baby and the baby's uh, hearing functioning is lost uh, if a child gets trauma to the ear, maybe they get into an accident and parts of the ear are damaged or the part of the brain that is responsible for interpreting, interpreting sound impulses is injured, this child can become deaf. There are medications that affect our ears and the functions that uh, the ear performs and some of these medications include certain specific antibiotics or certain um, medications that are used to treat cancer so it's important that if you are if your child is on long-term treatment for any infection that you ask your doctor what are the side effects of this medication and your doctor will tell you if they are toxic to the ear then the child's hearing needs to be tested uh, during the use of this medication uh, there are infections that are acquired during childhood while the child is growing that can uh, affect the functioning of the ear these infections include infections to the ear such as otitis media this is when there is pus running down your child's uh, ear there may be fever there may be headache and basically a child who doesn't want to eat those are some of the symptoms of otitis media so it's important that it gets treated on time and with the right medication so that uh, hearing is preserved meningitis pneumonia and severe body infections can also affect the function of the ears and the brain and can make a child deaf so as a parent or caregiver or teacher or nurse how can you suspect a child who might be deaf so if the baby's behavior does not change when exposed to sound so for example if you call out this baby's name and they don't seem to respond if you tell this baby stop what you're doing and they don't seem to respond or to understand if this child is irritated by high frequency noises but is better in a quiet environment these are clues that perhaps the functioning of the ears uh, is has been affected if a child has uh, delayed speech remember for you to speak you must have had whatever it is that you want to to utter so if a child has delayed speech and we we define delayed speech as no word by age of one year so if a child is one year and has not made their first word this is could be a clue that this child might be deaf if a child also demonstrate irritable and aggressive behavior especially when in uh, noisy environments uh, this can also lead to uh, a suspicion that the child might be deaf are there ways that deafness can be prevented and the answer is yes as depending on the cause if the deafness is because of the infections that are acquired while the baby is inside the womb then those are diseases that should be screened for so that the mother is treated before the baby is delivered so for example 
a mother who is pregnant should be screened for cytomegalovirus, rubella, herpes, and toxoplasmosis. These are currently infections that are not screened for in Kenya unless specifically requested for either by the doctor who has suspected maybe based on previous children's histories to test the mom. So uh, as a national policy, it would be important to implement testing of these viruses and bacteria in all pregnant mothers. I know it comes at a cost, but this is a call to activism to make this regular screening test so that we reduce the number of babies who are born with deafness. If it's infections that have been acquired during childhood, like meningitis, otitis media, and pneumonia, you should ensure that your child gets adequately treated, that your child gets um, immediate medical attention to prevent complications such as deafness. If it's deafness resulting from uh, drugs and medications, all children who are put on these sensitive medications should be should have their hearing checked as soon as they complete these medications and they, we should make sure that they are getting the right dose and that this medication is absolutely necessary before the child is exposed to it. Other preventive measures include genetic testing, especially if there's a family history of deafness, then uh, the parents can be subjected to genetic testing either before they conceive a child or during uh, the pregnancy of their child. Injuries to the ear and the head should also be avoided, so dangerous activities such as uh, transporting a child in a car without uh, strapping them uh, with their seat belts or um, unsafe motorcycling or unsafe um, fun rides should be prevented. We should also try and prevent preterm pregnancy because one of the other causes of uh, hearing loss is prematurity. So all those are ways that we can use to prevent deafness in children. But what if we are not able to prevent it? What if the child is born and um, it's already uh, too late to prevent deafness. The child has already been born and the child has already been diagnosed as deaf. So it's important to note that that is not the end of life. Yes, the child will have difficulties. The child will need accommodations to go to school and to participate in life, but it is possible. So many deaf people are doing marvelous and wonderful things in society. We have uh, deaf people who are in employment. They, who we have deaf people in leadership of the country. Uh, we have deaf people advocating and doing very impactful things to the world. So it is not the end of the world, although yes, it is a major discouraging point. So how can we help children who have been diagnosed as having hearing impairment? One of the things that we can do is to give them hearing aids, depending on the degree of deafness. If the impairment is not severe, most children are given hearing aids and there are many types of hearing aids out there. I won't go into it, uh, but there are gadgets and appliances that can be put either inside the ear or outside the ear and it helps to either augment the sound for the child or decode the sound in a manner that the child can understand. If the child's hearing impairment is severe, that they will not benefit from hearing aids, then this child can be taught sign language. And almost every country in this world has their own specific sign language. In Kenya, we have the Kenya Sign Language. And it's important that uh, teachers, caregivers, and everybody who might interact with a deaf person to go and learn at least the basic um, signs that they can do to communicate with a deaf person. 
Deaf children may also benefit from specialized education because there are specific teachers who are taught on how to communicate with a deaf person. There's a specific way that you deliver their questions. There's a specific way that you uh, receive their responses. So they may not necessarily benefit from a regular classroom unless the hearing impairment is very mild. All these interventions need to start very early in life because the, the later we introduce these interventions, the later the child starts to participate in society. So you might find a, a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old deaf child, if compared to their seven-year-old hearing children, you may tend to assume or think that this child has some intellectual disability, but it's only because they were late in being exposed to the knowledge that they ought to have in the manner that they can receive that knowledge. So the point I'm trying to make is that all interventions to children who are deaf should start very, very early, preferably before the age of language acquisition, which is be between the ages of two and three years old. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It has been a great experience. Please remember to like on YouTube, follow me on social media and share this episode with your friends. Till next time. Bye bye.